Welcome, welcome, welcome to After the Bell. I am still Corey Graves. We are still on the road to WrestleMania. And for the first time ever, ATB will be as visually pleasing as it is to your auditory senses. Monday, After the Bell, in completion on YouTube. If you've done it right, you've subscribed. You are listening to us on Friday as we are released. But going forward, starting Monday, every ATB available on YouTube. You can see my handsome face as you listen to my obnoxious voice. Oh, and I'm not rolling solo. He's my tag team partner from Monday Night Raw. He is my tag team partner here on ATB. Kevin Patrick, KP, what's the word, my friend? Gravy, how are you doing, pal? I mean, what a time to be in WWE. What a time to be a fan as we barrel towards WrestleMania here just a few weeks away. It's just such an exciting time, pal. It really is. We're in it. You are experiencing it for the first time from the raw play-by-play perspective. But when we talk about it being WrestleMania season, it truly is all-encompassing. We're not necessarily on television any more frequently than we are any other time of the year, but internally, the grind is already speeding up. Everything is moving forward. There are constantly new things to address, new things to look forward to, to plan for, for the showcase of the Immortals. Two nights, I can't believe it, KP. We are four weeks away from WrestleMania. It seems surreal. Yeah, it certainly is. And you can tell, you can tell by the vibe behind the scenes at Raw. I'll say that much. You can tell by who's appearing on the shows right now. To see a Brock Lesnar in the ring this past week, to see the return of Lita, you know, to see Cody Rhodes step in and the promo that 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 he, you know, cut afterwards and talking about heading across to SmackDown. There's that momentum that we're building. And as you rightly say, four weeks from tonight, guys, SmackDown in Los Angeles will be setting the scene for WrestleMania on April 1st and 2nd from SoFi State. where you're talking about all the big stars that are appearing on Raw, on SmackDown. We would be remiss not to mention our guest coming your way in a matter of minutes, Seth freaking Rollins, who, as we sit four weeks away, does not necessarily have a crystal clear path to WrestleMania. I think we have a few hints as to uh, what he may be interested in doing in L.A. over the weekend. Uh, We'll definitely get to chat with Rollins, but you mentioned Brock Lesnar. You mentioned Cody Rhodes, who's going to be in the same building as the Tribal Chief tonight at Friday Night SmackDown for the first time, Washington, D.C. We know the main event of WrestleMania is set. To this point, we've seen Cody come face-to-face in various iterations with Paul Heyman, the wise man of the bloodline. Could tonight be the night, KP, that we see Cody Rhodes stand face-to-face with Roman Reigns for the first time? Yeah, I mean, it could be. I I thought, you know, even on Monday when this was announced, I'm thinking we're going to see them face-to-face. I said as much. And then I thought about it. I'm like, no, we we may not. Roman may not want to see Cody Rhodes face-to-face yet. You know, we don't know if they're going to be face-to-face. We don't know if Cody's going to try and chase him down, if Roman's going to ambush him from behind. Who knows what's going to happen? But you can be sure Paul Heyman will play a role. He's already been getting inside the head of Cody Rhodes, who says he just wants to win a wrestling match. Well, guess what? That's not that easy when you're going up against the bloodline. So Heyman will have his prints all over what goes down tonight on SmackDown. You can be sure about that. I'd be willing to bet you're right, but when we're talking about... Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman and the bloodline as a whole, the mind games, If I hate to use the old cliche, they're playing chess while others play checkers, but that's what we've seen. That's why I would not be shocked if Roman doesn't even acknowledge, no pun intended, Cody Rhodes tonight on Friday Night SmackDown. Maybe Roman's going to make him wait. Either way, I'm going to be watching every step of it unfold. I cannot wait. The main event of WrestleMania, it is set in stone now, we know. 
I can't wait to get there. But there is so much going on. It's WrestleMania season, and the massive changes and surprises continued on Monday Night Raw with the new WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, Becky Lynch and Lita. That's right. If you somehow missed what went down Monday night in Grand Rapids, Michigan, Lita and Becky Lynch, the new WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, a shocking turn of events. I don't know that anybody uh, expected damage control to be knocked off, particularly this close to WrestleMania. But this is what's so exciting about WrestleMania season. From the Royal Rumble until the showcase of the Immortals, you never know which way is up. And here you have a Hall of Famer coming back, capturing a championship for the first time in 16 years, talking about Lita, and potentially changing the complexion of WrestleMania. Are the tag champs going to defend? What are EO and Dakota going to do? Where does Bailey fit into all this? Bailey and Becky Lynch was the initial spark that, that ignited the issue. There's so many questions to be answered between now and when we arrive in LA. But what a crazy, crazy moment to see Lita holding the championship over her head. Oh, and by the way, don't forget the assist went to Trish Stratus, yes. another freaking Hall of Famer who just surprise came out of the woodwork. Uh, Trish looked fantastic for the 30 seconds or so we saw her. She came, put her stamp on things, helped uh, turn the tides to, to find us in this position. And you know what? They were doing yoga during the week, Lita and Trish. Lita was over at Trish's house. They were all over social media, doing yoga together, training together, hanging out together. And who expected Trish Stratus at that moment in time with about a minute or so to go in Raw to pop out and, like you say, provide the assist. But I keep, you know, Lita and Trish, obviously, one of the greatest rivalries when you think back to the Attitude Era and all they went through, absolute icons. But I can't help but think about a young Becky Lynch as a teenager. And I know where Becky's from. She's from five minutes down the road from where I'm from in Dublin, the north side of Dublin. I and think Becky I'm going to cut you train. off, KP, because what I have learned about Ireland since you and I have become friends is that everywhere in Ireland is five minutes down the road. Finn grew up five minutes from Becky. No, that's You the grew thing. up five minutes from Finn. Seamus is from right around the corner. Everybody in Ireland is neighbors as far as I'm concerned. Well, it's a small country, four million people. You get across the country in three hours, you know, from Dublin to Galway. But I'll say this. I mean, Finn and Becky actually are from the opposite ends of Dublin. So you've got to get a train called the Dart all the way across. So it takes minimum one hour. So Becky would have been a teenager. And actually, fun little fact for you, Becky went to the same school as Bono. I mean, how funny is that? When you think about Ireland being small, Becky went to the same high school as Bono, which I think is pretty cool. So, but Becky, to go across to Finn Balor's wrestling school back then, she was trained by Finn Balor. Um, she looked up to Lita. I mean, Lita was her idol. She told me she'd wear the baggy clothes. She was obsessed with Lita and all her, her, her charisma that she had on screen, the way she was different. And, and, and that really resonated with so many younger girls and boys, obviously all around the world. So for Becky to be in that position where you're now an icon in your own right, you're now a legend in your own right in today's world, but to go and team up with the person you idolized. And it's just so cool to see that, that cross-generational icons coming together the way they did. And it made me want to ask you the question, young teenage Corey Graves, if you could team up with one person to win a championship with, who would it be? Oh my God, that's that's such a tough question for me to answer with any degree of honesty because I've had my my favorites for most of my life. I would have to say in my teenage years, I mean, that was kind of the attitude era in full swing. I, I don't know that Lita wouldn't have been my answer. I was captivated by the Hardys and Lita and Team Extreme and the Dudleys. And, and when that, that period in the business, to me, I, I remember so fondly. So I, I think a lot of us can relate to, to what 
Becky might have been feeling. And, and again, it's easy to lose touch. I've become very good friends with Lita over the years. We, we've known each other for a decade now. Uh, so it's not the same. You almost lose sight of like, wow, this is a Hall of Famer. This is somebody who I watched on TV and was enamored by. And now we're friends. You know, it's really cool to see that evolution of the business. And I know the, the magnitude of the moment wasn't lost on Becky Lynch. It was a feel-good moment, a, a nice, fun surprise on the road to WrestleMania. But as you're mentioning Finn Balor, how about Finn Balor's offer on Monday night to end Edge once and for all at WrestleMania? Balor laid out the challenge, and what put this thought in my mind right now was how you mentioned Becky teaming up with Lita, a, a childhood hero. Many moons ago, it was Edge who won the tag team titles with Hulk Hogan. In a very similar set of circumstance, nobody expected it to happen. The comeback, it was a feel-good time. Um, obviously, they're not related these days. It just got my mind thinking about how it's cool when you can recognize these callbacks in the business. No, big time, big time. Remember, we're going to have John Cena. Think about callbacks. We're going to have John Cena in a few days' time, Monday night from Boston. It seems Austin Theory has been obsessed with John Cena. If you try and interview like Kathy Kelly or Byron Saxon, they've been trying to chat with Austin Theory about other things. And for whatever reason, he just continues to bring up John Cena, especially knowing that Cena's going to be there in Boston. It's really grinding the gears of Austin Theory right now. But I cannot wait, man. I can't believe I'm in the commentary desk with you for John Cena's return in Boston. That gives me goosebumps right now, Gravy. I can see you grinning ear to ear. And guess what? So can everybody watching on YouTube. The pure joy on the face of Kevin Patrick at the prospect of experiencing John Cena's return to Boston on Monday night. I share your excitement. It's definitely going to be big. It's going to be good. It's WrestleMania season. I keep saying that ad nauseum because it can't be overstated how different things look, not only on Raw, not only on SmackDown. What is going on in NXT with my guy Grayson Waller and HBK? I mean, it's been fun. It really has. At Roadblock next Tuesday, we're going to see Shawn Michaels appear on the Grayson Waller effect, right? And he's been goaded into this in many ways. Shawn Michaels took to social media to say, look, against my better judgment, I'm going to go and I'm going to appear and I'm going to be a professional. He's been called out many times by Grayson Waller. Grayson Waller thinks that there, there's some sort of conspiracy against him going on in NXT right now. Obviously missed out on the NXT championship recently against Braun Breaker. And, and he's been, he was in a pool. He took the social media from his swimming pool. And I'm, I love Grayson Waller, man. I'm a fan. I loved having him here on the show too. But he went and he said, are we going to get the heartbreak kid on the Grayson Waller effect? Or are we going to get the corporate suit with a cowboy hat? Come on on and show me some respect. So let's see what happens. And this is what intrigues me, Kevin. Shawn Michaels has been very vocal and open and honest that he is not HBK anymore. Shawn has moved on to the next phase of his career. So put all the heat on Corey Graves. This is just me, the fan, speculating because God strike me dead if I'm lying. I honestly have no idea where this story goes, where it plays out. But because we just finished a conversation about Lita, stepping back into the ring and capturing a title for the first time in 16 years. And then we talked about Edge, who was out of the game for nine years, 10 years, because of a, a surgically repaired neck that was never going to happen again. Shawn Michaels competed alongside Triple H in Saudi Arabia against the Brothers of Destruction, which was a very special moment for me because I got to call a match that involved four of my favorites, four that I never expected to ever interact with in any way, shape, or form. I know Sean didn't leave Crown Jewel on top of the world after that match. Does HBK have something left in him? I know he's going to tell you no, and I would never speak it into existence if I knew for a fact that was not a possibility. 
but just humor me. Wouldn't it be fun? Wouldn't it be interesting if Grayson Waller somehow is able to get under HBK's skin in such a way that on the road block toward stand and deliver, which takes place in WrestleMania season, never say never. Never say never, KP. Wouldn't it be interesting to watch HBK super kick the taste out of Grayson Waller's mouth Tuesday night on NXT? I don't know if it's going to happen. I don't know. I don't know if Sean is willing or able or, or I'm again, this is just me speculating as a fan. Do not take this as corporate graves hinting at anything. Do not take do this it, out guys. Of- do it. Roll with it, guys. Roll with it. It's gravy saying it on the podcast. <laughs> I'm saying it on the podcast because I'm a fan of Grayson Waller. I'm a fan of Shawn Michaels, and it's WrestleMania season. Stranger things have happened, KP. Dude, I want to see him reenact the super kick to Ric Flair, except instead of saying, I love you, just be like, I can't stand you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, hey, I, I know that I know that there are a lot of people in the company who are very high on Grayson Waller and what he brings to the table. And I have a I have a strong degree of faith in him that Waller is going to be a player here for years to come. What better way to launch him into the stratosphere than face to face with the heartbreak kid? Hey, you always talk about star makers. All right. Brock Lesnar is 100 percent a star maker. We know after Monday Night Raw that Lesnar is headed to WrestleMania to take on the 416 pounds, seven foot three Nigerian giant. And I was thinking about it, you know, Lesnar's had some major WrestleMania matches against some big behemoths, like big colossal human beings in WWE. You think of, uh, you know, more recently, Roman Reigns, Drew McIntyre, Triple H, The Undertaker, but all of them would be dwarfed by Omos. Every single one of them. And man, I cannot wait to see Omos just stand up alongside Lesnar and make Lesnar look like a little ant because that's going to happen now at Mania. I don't know that Brock is going to look like an ant, Kevin. I think you might have taken it a little (laughs) too far. I don't think any structure on the planet Earth can make Lesnar look like an ant. Lesnar is a behemoth. He is a freak of nature, but you're absolutely right. There is no one like Omos currently in the business. I don't know that we've had that many people the size of Omos in the history of the business. Omos is is an overabundance of, in my opinion, unrecognized potential. Omos has shown glimpses of great things, not necessarily been able to sustain them, but a win over Brock Lesnar would make Omos. And I, I listen, this is the portion of the show where I get to speak to the more intelligent portions of the WWE universe. Those who come to ATB because we have in-depth discussions about things that you and I may not get to talk about on Monday Night Raw, KP. And that is, there are portions of the internet fan groups, uh, the internet wrestling community, I believe they prefer to refer to themselves as, who are less than thrilled at the prospect, I should say, of Brock Lesnar versus Omos. To these people, Allow me to explain to you why this is not a bad thing. This is WrestleMania, in case you haven't figured that out in the 10 or 15 minutes we've been talking about it up until this point. This is WrestleMania. This is WrestleMania season. And you need to realize that while you are smart enough and passionate enough about this game to listen to After the Bell or whatever your favorite wrestling podcast may be, you have to realize that WrestleMania is akin to the Super Bowl in that. People who do not follow WWE 52 weeks a year 
will still watch WrestleMania. Much like you don't have to know who's even playing in the Super Bowl, but you have plans. You're going to a party because that's just what you do. WrestleMania has grown into something of that magnitude. We call it the greatest event in live entertainment for a reason. People come from all over the globe in person to watch. People sit at home and watch all over the globe. A lot of those people, dare I say most of those people, do not necessarily religiously tune in to Raw and SmackDown and listen to After the Bell and go online to find spoilers and find out backstage news. That's not of any interest or consequence to them. They're just what we call casual wrestling fans. To that point, WrestleMania is designed, it always has been and it always will be, as a buffet, a smorgasbord of sports entertainment to give everybody something. So if my uncle, who doesn't follow WWE, but happens to wander into a a bar or somebody's house because it's WrestleMania Saturday or Sunday, he may not know what led us to this point, but he's going to look at Brock Lesnar and Omos and think to himself, holy these are real human beings in real life. That guy is legitimately seven foot three. Brock Lesnar is legitimately one of the baddest, most dangerous human beings on the planet. Think back to, again, it's not going to be a technical classic, but Andre the Giant and Big John Studd with the body slam challenge, and it still lives on in infamy as you see the, the visual of Andre just chucking $100 bills into the crowd. That didn't make anybody's match of the year contenders list. I'm sure it was rated negative 23 stars from a technical perspective, but it lives on because it's a spectacle. WrestleMania's tagline is the greatest event in live entertainment because it is a spectacle with something for everyone. Don't worry. You're going to have your classic matches that will live on forever that will be worth watching over and over and over again. Roman Reigns, Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins versus whoever Seth Rollins steps into the ring with. Uh, These are off the top of my head. Bianca Belair and Asuka may redefine what it it means to have a, a, a women's championship match on that stage. The possibilities are endless, but people are going to be fascinated by seeing two larger than life human beings collide in SoFi Stadium. It is a spectacle. I don't expect it to be long. I don't expect it to be particularly, what's the word I'm looking for? Technically proficient. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be a car crash. It is a semi truck and a a, a tractor trailer coming full force at one another at a hundred miles an hour. It's going to be quick. It's going to be ugly. But if Brock Lesnar manages to hoist Omos up and deliver an F5, No chance. Kevin Patrick, there will not be a single ass in a single seat in all of SoFi Stadium or maybe around the world. Tell me the prospect of seeing that visual doesn't at least make you a little interested, make you salivate just a little bit. Hell yeah, you serious? Lesnar, again, 416 damn pounds, seven foot three. I don't know if anybody can do that to him. I mean, and especially an F5 and what it takes to get him up on top and... Complete that? Nah, Kevin, oh, man. Kevin. Gravy, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued, you're, but you're, your point is so... You're sp- new around here, but if anybody can do it, you know the guy who can do it's it Lesner. is Brock Lesnar. Yeah, but you're right. You, you bring up the, the point about the spectacle. You think of Wee Man last year and Sami Zayn. And, and I also go back to... Thank um, you. I was re- Thank re-watching. you. No, don't gloss over that. Don't move past yeah. that, KP. You're, you're helping illustrate my point. Nobody wanted... I don't think anyone was excited about Sa- uh, Sami Zayn versus Johnny Knoxville. 
I, it was it was a spectacle. We knew it was going to be something. And people came away talking about how it stole the weekend. Here we are a year later reminiscing about how much fun it was, how loud that stadium was when we man body slammed Sami Zayn, <laughs> right? That was the loudest pop of the whole weekend. Well, I, I'm sure if they had announced, you know, a, a, in a, a one-on-one match, Sami Zayn versus we man, people would go, oh, I'm going to go get a beer on that one. I don't care about that. Why would they put that on WrestleMania? Because there are a lot of people who didn't know who Sami Zayn was, but knew who Johnny Knoxville was. Exactly. Listen, our ratings every week are going up and up and up as we approach WrestleMania. You did something, and I don't even know if you consciously did it, but you know we, we have an awful lot of new viewers every week. So uh, people listening to this show may notice us subtly just introduce people to our WWE audience that are joining us for the first time. You did it brilliantly early on in the show with Solo Sokoa. You said something that you may not have said six months ago, but you said, you know, Solo Sokoa, the younger brother of Jimmy and Jey Uso, the enforcer of the bloodline, because there, we've got an awful lot of people that are just joining. Like my brother, my brother's now tuning in each and every week because he's buzzing towards WrestleMania and he's got to know who these people are. So we're going to find ways to tell these stories. We have to each and every Monday while also introducing the new viewer um, and making sure we're not insulting the, the weekly viewer on Monday Night Raw. We come for many reasons. You perfectly say it in a buffet. I mean, we go to catering every week and we've got so many options. Do you want steak? Do you want chicken? Do you want to go for a salad? And that's what WrestleMania is in the most beautiful way. I made a beeline straight for the beer cheese soup Monday in Grand Rapids. I don't know if that was a, a local specialty, but I wasn't mad at it. But we're talking about the spectacle. We're talking about star power. Uh, we would be remiss to not mention another social media star who will be in the house Monday night in Boston, that being Logan Paul, someone who may have a thing or two to say about that, about Mr. Paul, about being on the road to WrestleMania. That would be our guest coming our way in a few minutes, Seth freaking Rollins. Now I'm so excited to talk to Seth and, and you guys go so far back gravy. I mean, do you even remember the first time you met you met Seth Rollins because when I think of you guys, I think of your NXT championship match. Uh, we, we actually predated NXT. Uh, Seth Rollins and I have known each other for, from since the independence. Uh, I actually mentioned it during the Elimination Chamber uh, when Seth was in the ring with Johnny Gargano because the three of us used to do indie shows together uh, most regularly in Cleveland for a, a little company called Absolute Intense Wrestling. Uh, shout out to those guys. They're, they're still in business. Uh, and and we, I remember I shared a locker room and a ring many times with Rollins and Gargano. Uh, once I got to FCW, that was when Seth and I really became very close friends. And we were spending countless hours on the road driving all over the state of Florida. Uh, and, and I still hold Seth in very, very high regard. In your mind, did he always have this potential, the potential to become the guy in WWE? Yes. Yes. And I say that without any hesitation. Not that everybody believed it but that Seth himself always knew it. I remember just the way Seth carried himself, even back in the independence, he just had an aura about himself. Not that it was, it wasn't an ego. It wasn't a cocky arrogance. It was, I'm really good. And I can't wait for everybody to learn and understand just how good I am. And Seth has continued to prove that. Hell, I remember, I'm sure Seth's told the story back in the days of, I think FCW or early in NXT, Seth almost got himself fired. Because he was so frustrated because he wasn't the focal point. He wasn't the top of the mountain where Seth knew he fit in and believed he was ready for. Fast forward all these years, I think Seth has certainly removed any and all doubt regarding his capabilities of being that guy. Uh, but yes, from, from a very, very early point, I knew Seth Rollins would be where he's at right now. So how special were the Shield then? 
when you when you consider like I'm looking back at that NXT Championship match with the Roman and Dean Ambrose come in and they beat you to a pulp at the end, and and you think about stay the off careers, YouTube, KP. <laughs> you think about the careers individually that these guys have had and the confidence from within. It's just remarkable, isn't it, to think that they, they would separate. And I'm, Sam Roberts, our good friend who who filled in for me, talked about Seth Rollins recently on one of his podcasts, and he talked about the the individual nature of the Shield and and what they've managed to go on and do uh, has been quite simply remarkable. And for Seth, he doesn't need to have a championship. You and I have talked about this. He does not need to have a belt around his waist to be operating at his, at his apex. And each and every week, we get to witness it on Raw. Like he has the WWE universe in the palm of his hand and he just plays his game amongst them. And it's a beautiful sight to see. I completely agree with every word you just said. And the best part about it, KP, is now you have the opportunity to say it to Seth himself. Please welcome to After the Bell, Seth freaking Rollins. Seth, welcome to After the Bell. For the very first time ever, we will be available on YouTube in video form. And thankfully, you brought your overabundance of Seth Rollins drip. So first and foremost, thank you. Yeah, I wasn't going to let you guys down. I wasn't coming unprepared. You know what I'm saying? So here I am in all my glory. You look glorious. The hair is on point as to be expected. Look, we got a lot to get to. We are on the road to WrestleMania, a familiar journey you have had many times. As of right now, as of Friday when this is released, we don't exactly know what Seth Rollins' plans are, but let's read between the lines. You've had your eyes uh, and some interactions with a particular social media megastar who seems to have caught your attention recently. Talk to us about Logan Paul. Oh, man. What's to say about old LP that hasn't already been said? I mean, look, I had my uh, my heart set on the WWE Undisputed Universe Championship. Obviously, that got taken away from me at Royal Rumble by Logan Paul. Had my second heart set on the United States Championship, uh, a title that we've done a very good job of building prestige for here on Mondays over the past year. Uh, that also got taken away from me by Logan Paul. So really, there's only one prize left for me, and that's Logan Paul's head on a stake. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, look, the guy's ultra-talented. Uh, if it does end up being uh, him versus myself at WrestleMania, uh, I'm not taking him lightly, so let's make no mistakes about that. I mean, he, uh, he's got a, a hell of a clothesline. My jaw is still not quite the same after Elimination Chamber. Um, I anticipate a hell of a fight if, if in fact, this is the fight that's going to go down at WrestleMania. But I, I do think he needs to be slapped around a little bit. I mean, that's just my personal opinion. Uh, he's kind of a punk kid, thinks he can walk in here and get whatever he wants, kind of use uh, WWE's platform to continue to grow his platform. And um, I just, that's, I, I, don't, I don't dig that. So, you know, um, I've taken a bit of an exception to that, and we'll see where it culminates. WrestleMania seems like a, a probable spot for it, but you never know the way things are in WWE. How much satisfaction did you get on Monday night after he did toss you out of the ring at the Royal Rumble, did clown you out on social media, you got on the FaceTime and you said, bye-bye, bitch, and you hung up on him in front of the WWE Universe? Yeah, yeah, the 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 bye bye bitch was nice touch, nice touch. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that I wasn't really thinking about it. Uh, it just kind of came out. Sometimes when you put the furry glasses on, 
weird <laughs> comes out of your Magic mouth. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You never know. <laughs> you, you've been there, Graves. You get it, you know? <laughs> so, to talk to me a little bit about, about what Logan Paul has brought to WWE. Obviously, he has a, a, lo- a large following uh, in the entertainment realm. He's putting some new eyes some fresh eyes on WWE, but you're a guy who day in, day out takes pride in being the workhorse on putting the company on your back and doing what is needed of you as needed to the best of your ability year round without exception. I know once upon a time you and I, and and most of our crew sort of looked down upon those coming from outside of the wrestling world. Baron Corbin is always the name that we bring up in this conversation. And Baron had to prove himself that he loved this and that he had passion for this and talent for this before he was really accepted in our sort of wrestlers inner circle, the guys who did the, the independence and things like that. Now you find yourself in a very different position. You've been a top guy in WWE for quite some time. Now you've got a, a hall of fame resume already. Do you still look at it in, in the same light where, Logan Paul, I think your words were used him as you called him a tourist. Do you still feel that way inside? Yes and no. I mean, I think there are obvious advantages to having people from outside of our world uh, come into our world. I mean, it's it, this Logan Paul is not a new phenomenon, right? You know, he's not. We've been doing this in WWE for decades, and we're going to continue to do it for a long time after Logan Paul is gone. So, um, I mean, there's just a lot to be said about having these types of, of, of performers on our show or, or whatever they may be doing. And so, um, you know, you look at the rock and wrestling connection, you look at all the way back to Cindy Lauper and, 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 you know, the first WrestleMania, Muhammad Ali, Liberace, you had it all. And so it makes sense. It's a different beast. I feel when you start getting these people in the ring, uh, on, on a semi-regular basis, right? Uh, I, I think, you know, you look at uh, Lawrence Taylor, right? Versus the late, late great Bam Bam Bigelow. Prime example of a perfect way to utilize these celebrities. But sure. Lawrence, Lawrence Taylor was A, an athlete beforehand. You know, obviously one of the greatest linebackers in NFL history. And also he was a guy that... Uh, he, he didn't go around calling himself a wrestler. He didn't go around getting a big head thinking that, uh, oh, I can do this. I'm so good at this. This is a cakewalk for me. But that's – I don't want people going around thinking that's what wrestling is, that you just paint by numbers. Somebody programs you and you're going to be just fine. Now you're the biggest star. You're the best thing that ever happened and that's what the business has become because if every single one of us just followed that roadmap – there wouldn't be a wrestling business because nobody would be able to do the damn thing because that's not what it is. That's just not what it is. Uh, it is making the towns. It is having hundreds and thousands of matches in different cities in front of different sized crowds. It's learning your trade. This idea that you can just poof, pop on a camera, film yourself, do some crap on social media sites and become a star and have some some worth in the world is for me, I maybe I'm an old crotchety man, but I don't understand what value you are giving back to the world. And in the Logan Paul situation, I don't understand what long-term value he's going to be able to give back to us. It's again, one thing, if you come in, you do your thing and you leave, but the dude's got a contract with WWE. The guy is supposed to have you know, a few matches a year. I don't know what his deal is, but that doesn't make you an ambassador for the business. That's not what wrestling is. And I don't want 
my students, I own a wrestling school. I don't want the next generation of kids coming up in the business thinking that's how you make it in professional wrestling. Because if everybody, if everybody follows that model, the business is dead. It's dead. It doesn't exist anymore. What a brilliant point you bring up. I mean, you're absolutely spot on. When you're talking to those students these days, what a conflicting message you you might have to offer when they say, well, hang on a second. Like, what if I'm a musician and then I want to venture into to WWE? What if I just do something crazy to get clicks on social media and then I want to venture in? And, and you must in many ways set yourself, your wife, Becky Lynch, be banging your head off a wall going, no, we're the ones traveling to Mobile, Alabama to, to do the house show and then traveling through the night to get somewhere else. Where's Logan Paul rocking up on his private jet to these house shows? It's not happening. You're right. It's not happening. And and look, there's there's more than one way to skin a cat. Again, like I said, I, you know, Bam Bam uh, and LT, great example. LT, we've had a lot of celebrities come go and that's that's a great thing. But you can't be... You, you, we can't just have a roster full of Logan Pauls. It just does not, it does not work. So with that said, I want to juice that lemon for as much as I can get out of him. I'm going to soak as much as I can out of Logan Paul, the same way he's going to do to us. And I want to be able to take all that delicious Logan Paul juice and give it back to WWE because, because we, me, myself, uh, everybody else who spends our lives, you know, you guys, you're on the road every week too. You get it. Everybody who puts their passion, their heart and soul into this, you know, we deserve to take from him as much as he wants to take from us. And so that's, that's what we're going to get out of this. I, I feel. We know how talented Logan Paul is in the ring, though. We've seen it set. Whether it's the match against Roman Reigns, whether it's his cameo uh, at the Royal Rumble, we know how much pride you take in putting on an incredible match. And look, I know you want to put his head on a stake, but Seth Rollins 2021, match of the year against Edge. Seth Rollins 2022, match of the year against Cody Rhodes at Hell in a Cell. Seth Rollins, Logan Paul, if it is to happen at WrestleMania, do you see that as huge potential to potentially go on and take match of the year again? Well, Kel, I don't know if you've been watching me very closely over the past however long you've been sitting at that desk, but I don't miss, period. I do not miss. Right now, I am operating on a level that very few have ever seen uh, in, in the history of our industry. And uh, so if Logan Paul is fortunate enough to be standing on the other side of the ring for me when that bell rings at WrestleMania, I promise you he will be involved in a match of the year contender, uh, even if he takes a nap on the mat. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I will wrestle circles around him. I am that good. And at WrestleMania, I certainly don't miss. I am I'm bullseyes from start to finish. So um he's a super athlete, no question about it. Him and his him and his brother are definitely uh they got some athletic presence They're to legit. Yeah. They can move around a little bit. Uh and so I believe there's a lot of uh, meat on this bone. I do believe there's a lot of meat on the bone. I think getting the two of us in the ring uh, on a stage as big as WrestleMania with the right story, uh, it could be very special. If we look at the year with WrestleMania as bookends, obviously last year it was you and Cody Rhodes, which set forth the trajectory that Cody has been on. You, however, have remained a constant. You haven't been out with with injury. You've had your your title matches with for the United States title. And the consistency you perform with can't be overstated. How do you keep yourself relevant and fresh in the minds of fans when the, the matches of the year you weren't successful in? You didn't win. 
in, in these moments, it seems as though Seth Rollins maybe comes up short, but you come out better for it. What mentality do you operate with to, to make that a reality? You know, the truth of it is, um, from a long-term perspective, it's very difficult for me to, um, to answer that question. You know, I, it's hard for me to look at where I might be just by the nature of our business and the nature of our company is a very next foot forward type of business. It is very hard for me to look at it months ahead and imagine where I might be. So the honest truth of it is I literally just try to do the best I can every single time I'm tasked with some some sort of raw episode or a live event. So if I've got a show on a Saturday night in uh, Youngstown, Ohio, I'm going to go out and I'm going to give Youngstown the absolute best that I have to offer. And if I go out on a Monday and have a face-to-face with Logan Paul, I'm going to give the people of Boston and the people watching around the world the best Seth Rollins that they have to offer, that I have to offer. And so I just try to keep my energy levels through the roof. I try to do the absolute best that I can. I've been doing this for nearly 20 years now. And so I'm fortunate that the best that I have to offer seems to be pretty good for the viewing public. And so I just try to go out and do my, do the damn thing. And, and if it works awesome, if not, I adjust and try to do a different damn thing the next week. So that's, that's all I really can do. Just put the next foot forward, look to the next week, do the best I can. And Hopefully people enjoy it. I've been so fortunate over the past year to be able to go from one of the most hated superstars on the roster to somehow, without skipping a beat, uh, the most one of the most beloved superstars on the roster. Uh, you don't see that very often. And I, I credit it to the work ethic that you guys kind of mentioned, the day-to-day, the being there, the grinding, the just, just hanging around sometimes is the key, you know? Did you have an aha moment We've, we've seen the evolution of the Seth Rollins character, particularly recently, really ramped up. But it was, I would say, on the lead up to last year's WrestleMania, but definitely you've come into your own over the last year. Did you have a moment where you went, this is who I am? This is what Seth Rollins is in complete form. Did, did you have that or is it just kind of something that snuck up on you? I would say during because the I, and I mean to cut you off that I, it feels very much from my perspective where I sit and having known you as long as I have, that definitely within the last calendar year you you figured it out not that you didn't already know the answer not that you didn't have that success but it really feels like man we are finally seeing who Seth Rollins is supposed to be well I I think a lot of it really started um as we started to come back to live crowds in 2021 that was kind of the first like okay how does this character because you know when we're doing stuff uh in front of no people in the Thunderdome it's a it's a crapshoot. It's hit or it's miss. A guess. Yeah, you don't really know. You 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 get the Twitter response, and then you get like you know your peers, and you're doing the best you can, but you don't really get that visceral response from a live crowd. So once we come back to live crowds, I start to okay, this this works. This is good. Uh, I think really I started to feel good about things um, in the story, uh, the rivalry with Edge, which is far from over, by the way. Uh, uh, let me just put that out there. I wasn't too thrilled with the way that thing went down, but I really started to get my feet wet in what the character could be around that time. Obviously you go back to, I took, I might've taken a visit to Edge's house, very lovely house. And, and and you got some very iconic moments there that went pretty viral that people seem to really dig. Uh, And that started to translate to um, great reactions live. And then 
obviously the stuff with Cody Rhodes, you know, there that worked. But to me, the the one moment that I really went, oh, I see where this is going, is we're in Madison Square Garden, I believe, for a, a Raw. And the end of the show is uh, Riddle's out there. Matt Riddle's out there doing something. And I came out uh, to stomp his head into steel steps. And I'm wearing this shiny, beautiful black suit. And I, I end the episode by stomping his head into steel steps, thinking I'm going to hear a chorus of boos, when in fact, the choir is singing my song. And I go, oh, okay. <laughs> Here right. we are. Here we are. And so when, when I heard that, I go, all right, we're something, something special is about to happen. And from that point forward, uh, everything, everything kind of changed for me. But guys, how special is that? And this is from an outsider here. You know, I'm, I'm only part of WWE now for two years. And to experience that organic reaction is so stupidly rare, isn't it? To, to this business that we're part of, that you have to understand and, and get that smell, that sense from, from the audience that are there at Madison Square Garden for you, Seth. And there is maybe, to answer your question, Corey, that, that may have been your aha moment, was it? Yeah, and I started to... Uh to get it a little bit on the live events. I, you don't really get the same, the live events and, and the television audiences are a little bit different. And so I was starting to get uh, a, a, a more pleasant reaction. So shall we say on the, the live events, we had done a few down in, uh, in Mexico, um, Monterey and Mexico city where the, the crowd, I got, you know, I'm out there being the baddest guy I can be. And the crowd's just, loving every second of what i'm doing so you get a little taste of it on these live events but when you go to a, a an arena like msg with all the history and you know you really get that guttural kind of response from the audience and when you're not expecting it to uh yeah like they said that put me in the i felt like that put me in the driver's seat i was like okay i can steer this bad boy i know where we're going now this is going to be great but to answer your kind of initial thought Kev, yeah, it is rare. I, I think, at least for me, it has been. You know, there's a couple of times when it's happened sort of organically. Um, but I think the difference now is I know how to drive this car. I think before, you know, in, in years past, I might have, I might have just let Jesus take the wheel, you know. But now I'm like, dude, you, Jesus, you just sitting shotgun. I got this, you know, we're sorted. So, uh, I just think it's a different mindset for me. The experience obviously comes in handy, but yeah, I just feel like I'm in a different place mentally to be able to, to really hurl this thing down the highway. How much of that has to do, do you believe in your opinion in personal maturity? Because I, Kevin and I were discussing briefly before you, you joined the call, uh, how how long I've known you and how even in the early days of NXT, you were you were branded as sort of brash because you knew you wanted to be the guy to your point. You, you didn't know how to drive the vehicle, but you knew you deserved to be in the vehicle. But you've grown a lot as a man, as a human being. You're a husband. You're a father now. I know that recently, within the last three or four years, how much I've changed on a human being level. And I apply that to my job. How much do you think human maturity has helped you grow into this role that you find yourself in now? Oh, absolutely. I mean, being, uh, being a, a human responsible for another human makes you grow up in a way that, you know, you, you never really, you guys, you know, you're both dads, you get it. As soon as you got that kid, everything changes for you. Priorities shift, but yeah, just, just maturing, uh, as a performer, as a human 
every, everything all kind of comes together at the right time. It's very much a perfect storm of events. And so I, I felt more comfortable in my leadership role uh, backstage than I ever have. Uh, I think that translates as well to being able to, you know, you have to lead by example, right? So you, you, you can't, you can't be giving people advice and then not taking your own advice. And so uh, being able to have that mental capacity to understand what I need to do to be a better leader for the locker room and for everybody else uh, who might want the position I find myself in right now allows me to kind of take the blinders off a little bit, not be so, like you said, just like I was in NXT where I'm going me, 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 me all the time. Uh, and that's allowed a lot of these stories with Riddle, with Cody, with Edge to grow. And that's allowed, I think, people to just attach themselves to me audience-wise in a way they, they really never have had the opportunity to. Well, it's been said throughout the history of the business that locker room leaders aren't necessarily appointed, that they're sort of chosen by, by you know, by the locker room. You sort of grow into that role. Was that something that you, when did you become aware of that, that, that you were kind of the guy that was driving the car, so to speak? You know, I was having this uh, conversation with uh, William Regal at catering yesterday, uh, or a couple of days ago. I'm sitting there and I was asking him, and I, and I was kind of like, hey, what, like, what do you, I don't know when this happened for you. Uh, and I don't know if you remember, but it just kind of like humor me a little bit. Like, I don't know when really I became the guy who was sitting on the other side of the curtain giving advice. Like, I don't know when that happened. I, I, all, I just remember being the guy coming back being like, uh, Mr. Cena, excuse me. Um, you know, do you have anything for me? You know, I, I don't know. I feel like it's happened very recently. I just started to notice kind of on these shows that there was nobody sitting in that spot. And I was like, man, you know, I can just hear the crowd so much better if I'm right behind the curtain <laughs> instead of far away in the talent viewing room. Uh, and so I just sat behind the curtain and I'm just watching the monitor, watching the matches, listening to the live crowd. And all, all of a sudden people start coming back and, you know, what did you think? What, any thoughts here or there? And I'm, I'm kind of like, like, Oh, Oh, you're talking Mouse to me. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. I do have some thoughts, you know, so, uh, uh, bear with me, but yeah, I, I don't know when that happened, man. I don't know how it happened, but I'm the old, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to, uh, I don't, you know, someone, I, I don't remember who it was. Somebody the other day who was on the roster substantially bigger than me. And I'm like, Ah, my brain was melting at how, like, like they, like I'm very, I'm older now with some of these other guys than like when when John Cena was on top when I came in when I started working with John. I'm older than John was then, so like my brain, I can't even really process that. I'm like, oh wait a minute, so no, no, I'm not like that. I'm not. I'm because John was like the. The old guy, John, was like the seasoned, <laughs> the seasoned vet at that point, yeah. you know, like uh, John, uh, Randy, Kane, CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, like these guys, like they, like they were like in a different stratosphere than where I was when I came in, and I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not that old guy, that old crotchety old guy saying, hey, come here, kid, <laughs> you know, like I, I, but I am, I don't know when the hell that happened, but so at some point along the way, I, I, I'm, I'm that person that sits there now and, and wags my finger at everybody when they come through. God bless me. 
I said to Graves, uh, Seth, that for me there's layers, you know, and I, I noticed it. I, I thought it was very evident when I when I first came in that there's maybe the more insecure, there's the younger ones, there's the fresher ones that are in, in, in WWE. Then there's that middle layer, which I think, you know, you're there, um, Cody, you know, similar age group where Drew McIntyre's of the world that have been in the company, you've been with WWE for over a decade now, that are more than comfortable at this point within their own skin, but there's, you still may not have hit your operatic high note. You know, you, you still have, a, you know, places where you you really want to get to. And then there's obviously the vets, the you know, the the MVPs, Edge, Rey Mysterio, that are just, you can tell they've got that vibe about them when they're in there. They just, they're so in love with their their day-to-day of coming into WWE. And it's it's pretty cool to take a step back and witness that and to see your mind in full motion. And I even appreciate, I, I say this in, in all truth, that the moments you take with me, to explain things to me, to talk about Seth Rollins and just to dive in because it just screams passion. And and are you like that with Becky then? Do you guys break away at all? I asked Corey this last week with Carmella as well. <laughs> Is a lot of your chats about, about wrestling or can you guys totally break away? Uh, we can't. We can do both. You know, if we have, you know, before we got on here, we're talking about TV shows we're watching and stuff like that. If we've got stuff that we can do that's like outside of, here we can have conversations that are completely uh benign to wrestling but i i will say a lot a lot of what we talk about is what we do we just spend so much time in the mixer man i mean as you just you're enveloped in it especially if you're doing these live events you're on the road we travel friday we work saturday sunday monday then we travel tuesday so you really got like two days to yourself to do whatever it is you're going to do so I mean, we do have plenty of conversations and a lot in common outside of, you know, what we do as a profession, but it's just, you, it to be at, uber successful at it, like in the way we've come up, you just kind of live it all the time. So you're always having conversations about it. You're always trying to figure it out. You're always, uh, you know, gossiping, you're always doing something. And, and the, the other part is uh, all of you guys. And everybody backstage, we're all our best, our best friends. You know, we're all right. of our family. These are our, so anything that goes on, like, oh, did you hear so and so? It's wrestling related somehow because it's somebody that we just came off the road with that we're spending 200 plus days a year with. So, it, you know, it never ends in that type of way, but, um, it's just, it's, it's not like a, I don't look at it as a negative. Like, I'm never, I mean, every once in a while we all get burnt out a little bit, but I'm, I don't like, I just love it. You know what I mean? I'm happy. I love my job. I get to wake up and live my dream job every single day. I get to do it at a high level. I get to take my baby. I get to do it, share the experience with my wife. Uh, we get to have a, a life that, you know, we're so fortunate to be able to have. And obviously ups and downs wrestlemania season for example the most stressful time of year especially for performers we just want to pull our our hair out because you know if it's not every little detail is not perfect going into the biggest show of the year we just want to throw ourselves off a bridge like ah i quit i retire i hate this place i want to run away but at the end of I'm, it, I'm laughing. I'm laughing because yeah, I relate. I of feel course. exactly. <laughs> of course, dude. Of course, I could get into. I could get into Carmela stuff all day with you. She she's got to be doing the same thing we're doing, man. It's yep. unreal. But but at the end of the day, we get an incredible gig to travel the world, see all these places, hang out with all these cool people, make friends that are going to last a lifetime. We get to do this with our family. We get to experience it like 
just it's it's unlike any other sort of job in the entire planet and we get to do it at a high level and and then i get to pass along that information to what i've gained to the next generation and i feel like like a a great responsibility in that but also a great pride in that and so i i love it i i love being able to have someone as awesome as my wife to be able to bounce ideas off of and have a common interest like what you do for a living you know that's that's pretty rare I think we only complain as much as we do because we care as much as we do. It's like anything in life. When you're passionate to the point that we have chosen to dedicate our lives to it, naturally, you're going to have some opinions on things from time to time. But ultimately, it's recognizing uh, that we are blessed to be in the position that we're in. And I know you're talking about WrestleMania details, and I'm not asking you to reveal any secrets here on After the Bell, but you've set the bar relatively high as pertains to in-ring gear. This is WrestleMania where everybody goes all out. Is there anything you can reveal to us regarding what we may see Seth Rollins adorned in at the showcase of the immortals? I wish I could drop even a tidbit of information, but I will say this. We are, we are, we, because I don't, I have a team and I, I'm, I can't stitch stuff together. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Surratt's back there doing it all. And so we, I got a team, him and him and Jolene are putting something together but we haven't really honed in on what the final look's going to be. We're at like, uh, well, we're five weeks out right now or something like that. Four, four weeks, weeks out. out. Four weeks. So, yeah, I mean, we're going to have something. I promise. The ideas are kicking around and that are pretty special. But we don't have anything, nothing set in stone. I, I, I told I told Surratt I was going to get with him this week and be like, try to nail it down so he can get moving because I imagine it'll be – detailed and i'm sure his schedules because i'm not the only person he does so i'm sure his schedule is going to be pretty locked up but yeah we got something well oh i won't disappoint i promise i will not disappoint some something special is going to come up i just got to wait wait for the right inspiration you know it's an art it's an art you wear it well we cannot wait to see what you bring to wrestlemania seth thank you as always for hanging out we appreciate it you are always welcome here i cannot wait to see what you do next. No, that's it. All right. I thought we were going to go longer. I was having so much fun. Thank you guys for having me. We'll have to bring you back. Appreciate it. Definitely. Standing invite. You say when, whenever you feel like you got that hair in order, we got to, we got to share it with the YouTube world. Now we had to start this off with a bang this, (laughs) this week. This is a, this is my Michael Hayes look right here. My best PS. (laughs) (laughs) Well, make sure you're following Rollins at WWE Rollins. You can find us at after the bell, WWE on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find me at WWE Graves. You can find KP at Kev underscore Egan. You need to change that. No one knows who Kevin Egan is. Listen for free (laughs) wherever you get your podcast. Just search after the bell and hit the follow button so you never miss an episode. Remember, Monday, March 6th, full episodes of ATV will be on the official WWE YouTube channel. You can keep finding us every Friday wherever you do your listening. We'll be back next week with more wisdom, more vitriol, and more WWE. After the bell.